Welcome to the Books and Black Coffee Podcast. It's TMV over here. We some thermophilic bibliophiles who reside in the hot springs of coffee. Black coffee to be specific. Coffee. Baby, we coming like a rapture. And when we're done with you, you won't want to stop until you get to the next chapter. And today we've got a special episode for you today. We're going to be talking about Walden. Um, the story behind this one's crazy. V has had this on... Yeah, how long did you have it on your reading list? Years. For years, huh? Yeah, and I remember one day I came back with a box of books for my mom's right. right, yeah. And I had it in there. Yeah. So I think when we first started talking about the episodes, we knew this was one of the books that we were going to do. Yeah. This um, one means a lot to both of us. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, Walden's a book uh, set in America before the Civil War. And it's basically about a guy who um, who moves away from all the cities to a, to a little lake called Walden, builds his own wood cabin and stays there for what, I think it's like two years in the end, right? Mm-hmm. And throughout his time there, he just writes what ends up to be this book. Um, and it's just his thoughts on life, our society, reading, nature, and all kinds of things like that. There's some real deep um, concepts throughout the book, but also it's a, it's a really good book just to read and really grounds you in many ways. It's very relatable and it's things that we experience every day, even though it was, what, nearly 200 years ago. So what are the, some of the things that you took away from the book, V? What did you want to share with, with others? So my first one is, I can't tell you the page. I got a whole lot of things <laughs> that I got to say, though, but it's... Every man is a lord of a realm beside which the earthly empire of the Caesar is but a petty state, a hummock left by ice. With lines like this, it makes me question, and I also encourage you as listeners to think about the vastness of our universe from time to time. So you don't cage yourself or cage your thought into the reality of what you see every day. And I think before empires are built by hands, they must be built in minds first, where everything is tested. So we test the strength of what we're building, and we test the truth of what we tell ourselves. And I I guess every man is the lord of a realm. Our realm is somewhere that we should constantly be testing the things that we say to ourselves and the things we're building. Because until we've mastered that, we cannot help or guide another man in building his empire or speaking words that are truly from a place of having mastered ourselves so that we can be of use to somebody else. Do you think it's important to know reasons why you think the way you do? To that question is absolutely you must test. Uh, For only a certain period of time can you go on with just doing for doing's sake, just practicing for practicing's sake, just walking for walking's sake. At some point, you have to sit down, face yourself in a room, and ask yourself, why do I do the things that I do? Why do I think the way that I think? Uh, Walden really does challenge me to think of some things. Um, A simple example is, why am I taking a picture of my food in a restaurant? Is it because I see everybody else taking photos and it's trending? Or is it because this is a moment in time in which this plate brings me memories that I think I can look back on and remember the scent of everything I smelled coming out that chef's kitchen Mm. that had me looking like Pepe Le Pew following the (laughs) smell? Or it takes me back to a time where I was with somebody who may no longer be here, but I remember the moment that I had with them and this is the meal that 
bound us together in that time-space reality. And on that line of introspection and questioning yourself as well, I think one of the hardest hitting lines for me when I read it, and I know you, I know you feel exactly the I'm same about this. I had three pieces of limestone on my desk, but I was terrified to find that they required to be dusted daily when the furniture of my mind was all undusted still and threw them out of the window in disgust. How then could I have furnished a house? And it just reminds me of how perfect we try and make our external lives when we've got some really dusty shells inside, you know? How long do we spend on Sundays doing, doing housework and chores? but we neglect the internal chores that we need to do as well. And I think I'm guilty of it all the time. When life gets busy, when life gets, you know, when I'm out a lot, when I'm working a bunch, you forget to do the, the chores and the work that you need to do, huh? What do you think represents these limestones for you in life that you can relate to? Um, discipline, discipline for sure. I know when I don't, when I'm not aware of it and when I don't practice, and that can be disciplined across anything, like spending time on my phone, spending time with people who I know are important to me, going to bed at a normal time, do you know what I mean, when I don't pay attention to it. And I think the other thing that we get especially from Walden is, um, is stillness. This book, I think, stands atop a lot, a lot of other books for me in, in activating that within myself. In the, in the book, he talks a lot about getting away from the hustle and bustle of you know trying to make money and trying to achieve it in inverted commas whatever it means to to you so I definitely find that that is one of my limestones I always need to come to a place of stillness and find that place where I really focus or have to give myself time to focus on the things that I think are really important and something I think you missed out because I remember when I was doing some reflection on this. You gave me some pointers because I asked you about the limestones. And I want to share with the listeners because this was pretty dope. I asked him what were some of the things he thought were the limestones for us. And I asked him what he thinks represents the dust on these limestones. And I said it was the extreme of imbalance. For example, minimal exercise, wrong foods, minimal sleep, and stress. And also... What follows on from that is the pathologies that may develop. It can also be limiting environments and people um, and how that affects what you see, what you hear, and how you translate life. One of the main things, or the, my favorite pieces in the books is where he, he talks about, I think the quote goes something like, there are a thousand people hacking at the branches of evil for every one person hacking at the root. How much energy we put into making changes that directly affect our lives. But in reality, you know, we could be pointing that energy or doing things towards actually stopping it for everyone. Do you know what I mean? And I think the example that he uses in the book is a lot of the time, the people that put most of the effort, time and money into fixing or helping the needy are often contributing to making the situation worse without really knowing it. And it's so relevant to the life we live today. I mean, we're all fighting for equality in some sort and in some way, right? When we fail to see the synergy or the similarities of what we're all asking for and we kind of get that tunnel vision of fighting for what we think is equality, we kind of leave others behind. What he says about hacking at the root is so important. Um, instead of us all trying to cut down a tree by chopping off its individual branches, 
if we all went for the same spot, the whole tree would come down. When we get to the root of the problem, we identify where everything begins. When we start hacking at the body of the tree, we're asking it to go back to its root and correct things that it had no control over. The root determined what nutrients it would take in, what it would and would not accept from the soil, what it did and didn't find useful, and then the trunk was birthed. Like this Desmond Tutu quote, which uh, T shared with me, which is, we gotta stop pulling people out the river. We gotta figure out where upstream they coming from and yeah. what is causing them to get in this water. Yeah. So let's take, for example, this street. Everybody has the ingredients to make some bread. It's allocated at the beginning of the week. Everybody's got it. But all of a sudden, you start seeing door by door, every house is coming to your house for bread. And you're like, okay, I'll share some of my bread. But what about if these people don't have bread to eat because somebody's stealing the supplies that they usually get up from the top of the street? You need to figure out how you can stop that person from having so much power over these people's daily bread and solve that problem rather than everybody coming to your house for bread. Because at some point, if you constantly give bread, somebody's going to come for you yeah. to stop you being able to help the others that you're giving access and food to. Absolutely. Imagine there's a whole bunch of us around a tree trying to hack, trying to cut it down for whatever reason. We shouldn't cut trees down, but let's say we're trying to cut a tree <laughs> down, right? And we're all trying to get at different places. And we, we all have our different movements, right? They're all important. But what ends up happening is as we're all huddled around this tree trying to cut at different places, we start bumping into each other, right? With the axe. And we start stepping over each other's feet and each other's toes. When actually we're all trying to achieve the same thing. And in that case, what we ought to do is identify the intersections at which we can find the one point of the tree to bring the whole tree down. Yeah. If we're cutting at different parts, the trunk is like, okay, when y'all done playing, let me know. But when you're hitting at that one point, the tree starts to realize, oh snap, I'm going to come down eventually because they hit me at one pressure point. They're being consistent with it. And that's going to have a much bigger impact. So let's go a little lighthearted with it because this was, this was a fun one. I believe the water is the only drink for a wise man. Wine is not so noble a liquor. And think of a dashing the hopes of the morning with a cup of warm coffee or an evening with a dish of tea. Ah, oh, how low I fall when I am tempted by them. <laughs> So to be honest, I'm not policing anybody's preferred form of hydration. I'm just here to remind you to drink your water and mind your business. <laughs> just ensure that you give your body that water that it needs. So whatever brings life to your body in literature, whatever you consume, allow yourself to take in the beauty of nature, the silence in moments, the beauty of inhaling and exhaling. And... Don't worry about when anybody else is doing your fight. Your pace is just fine. Drink it all in. You heard that saying before, mm. right? And it, it reminds me of that. It's that don't forget to keep yourself hydrated, both body and mind. Absolutely. So there's the part in the book where he talks about the farmer and the student. The, how did that affect you? What did you feel when you read that? In the words of Billie Holiday, in my solitude. <laughs> the beauty of solitude is underrated. But I also understand how scary it can be for some people to sit a while in that solitude and explore it. Uh, it can be scary to sit with your thoughts and see 
how you think without the noise of the world, how you think without the noise of current events. And it's just beautiful in how the farmer has his work on the farm and the student has his work in his room. So it's, it's the reflection that takes place and the exploration that takes place after he's left the classroom. It's that individuality as well. It's where the different places we find stillness or that we call home, right? But he talks about how the farmer can look at a student and be like, how can you spend all, all day reading in the, in the house that you feel lonely? But obviously the farmer doesn't realise that the student is doing his work and he's cutting down the wood that he needs to, to fire himself up. It's just different from the farmer's right. And I think it's realising that we all don't have to follow the same kind of pathway. We don't all have to be charged up within society if you're in group, big groups of people. Getting charged up to, to go and study or to go read a book is how me and V get it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's about finding your own thing and realising that everyone's different and not being scared to, to be alone with yourself and your thoughts. Because your thoughts get deeper and you, you understand more about the way you think and you come to cherish some of the thoughts that you come up with in those moments of silence. Some of our greatest epiphanies occur in that solitude. Mm-hmm. Some of our greatest solutions occur in that solitude. And some of our greatest moves and changes come in that solitude. When I've sat my, with myself long enough, been able to critique myself, see points of improvement within myself, I can better approach life as a friend, as a sister, as a valuable bookworm in conversation with somebody else. Another theme in the book that really got me was where he talks about how in general we all learn to read for a specific purpose, whether it's work, whether it's training that we need to do for a job or at school. Um, and he talks about the the lack of reading just for the sake of reading or for the, the pleasure that we get from reading. And it really makes me think it's for me, reading anything, fictional, non-fictional, is an investment in yourself. Do you know what I mean? I think what you're saying is, I'm going to read this book. It, it might not mean anything for my work. Or it might not mean anything for my friendships per se. But what you're doing is opening your mind up to different ways of thinking. So when you do have tasks or challenges, you're able to look at it from different perspectives. That's one thing I would want to share with people is the fact that you don't have to read for a particular reason. Reading as an investment onto yourself change the way you think or to improve the way you think, be more efficient, come up with new ideas or to learn about history or the future. It's all possible through reading. And I think that just connects with something else I've found in the book where he says, as a nobleman of cultivated taste surrounds himself with whatever conduces to his culture, genius, learning, wit, books, paintings, statuary, music, philosophical instruments, and the like. So let the village do. Not stop short at a pedagogue, a parson, a sexton, a parish library. I guess in simple words, it asks us to not die illiterate. Even the college educated can be illiterate. This occurs when we don't feed our minds with the things outside of our fields to widen our neural networks to excite the neural connections and open ourselves to conversation with a man who can teach us a thing or two about those things we don't fully understand. Opening ourselves to conversation with people on matters outside of what we have qualified ourselves in expertise about, everything from engineering to science to carpentry 
to sewing, to needlework. Reading is an opportunity for us to go beyond those things that we've mastered, whether for somebody else's benefit or seemingly ours, and explore and see what else we can equip ourselves with, where else we can get ourselves lost and excited in. And it offers a wider experience, a, a more diverse experience of life when we can step back from those things and say, I don't need somebody else to prompt me for a job for me to explore some other form of literature. At times in the book, he, he talks about, in general, the capitalist system, how the division of labor works. So like one person gets really good at one thing. This whole system's efficient because you just have a bunch of people who are really good at a single thing. And I think how it used to be, well, partly how it used to be when, when this guy was alive was how many scientists or artists were like mathematicians, used to do painting, used to fix cars by night, and also used to go dancing with their partners in the evening, like literally multi-talented. But I think the way we live now we all get really good at one job, whether we have to earn money, so it makes sense. But you lose that confidence in your ability to learn stuff. When you're really good at one thing, you kind of think, ah, oh, I don't really want to learn anything. I don't want to suck at anything again. So, you know, I just put all my eggs in here. So I think that's another thing that exactly like you said, V, reading gives you, you get a different perspective totally and you can learn new stuff, whether it's a new way of thinking or just stories. I just want to encourage y'all to not judge yourselves by the things that you have not known up until this point. But now that you will be equipped from episode to episode, it is allowing yourself to align with some of the things we shared with in Walden. Um, Walden is part of a movement called Transcendentalism, which focuses on us bringing back the values of humanity and living beyond capitalism and the extras of life, it's a, it forces us to look to nature, look to ideas beyond what is fed to us continually. It asks us to go within ourselves and see how beautiful we are and how intricate we are and use that intricate detail and that intricate beauty to explore our world, explore books, explore knowledge, explore ways in which we can work together for solutions. I would ask you to see the beauty of solitude, see the beauty of reading, see the beauty of equipping yourself beyond what you've known and explore and live, like truly live out life. I feel you V and I think for me as well this book is a great reminder to me that although this guy finds Walden Lake as the place where he goes to connect or to disconnect. It's so important for us all to have that place. Mine, for example, is either in the gym, listening to music, or sometimes just going for a walk in a field for a long walk. It allows you to kind of pan out a little bit from the everyday kind of stress of life. It's really important that everyone has that place that they can go to, even with a group of people, even if someone else is that place who allows you to talk and kind of connect to the bigger picture and see how nature develops or how the world develops outside of the crazy rat race that we live in. Identify what your limestones are. What are those things that you you take care of and you put more value and emphasis on than what's going on internally? What's going on with your health? What's going on with your mind? Like, where you at? Where you at with your thoughts? Where you at mentally? Where you at emotionally? Have check-ins with yourself. You deserve that much. You deserve discovery continual discovery, whether it's through books, whether it's through things that you learn about yourself every day, whether it's things that you learn from others who may be that safe space or other great minds that 
are close to you. And if you don't have great minds close to you, this is where literature come in, comes in. Have breakfast with Walden. Have breakfast with George Orwell or some other great writer and just see what their school of thought was. How, how does that how does that make you laugh? How does that impact you? How does that empower you? How does that lift you? What does it give you that you didn't have before and just appreciate it? Sit with it. We look forward to you tuning into the next episode. Be sure to stick around for that. And if you want to get deeper into Walden, and if you're not quite ready to read the full book, V, you did a blog post on this, right? Where can, where can they find that from? Uh, you can find the link to that below in the episode description. If you've read Walden yourself and you have some points that you think uh, you think you'd like to share with someone or discuss, we want this to be like a, a virtual book club. So share your thoughts with us, drop us some reviews, let us know what books you'd like to hear our thoughts on and we'll catch up with you next time. Today's episode is sponsored by that pause button. Feel free to click as many times as you need to. Go back to time points that resonated with you or that you need to be repeated. There are no limits on clicking back. Share it with your friends, share it with your fellow bookworms, share it with the hesitant bookworms who don't mind somebody extracting all the goods from the books to save them time. We're your people. We got you covered over here.